What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in this episode. Today's show, I want to play you my conversation with AJ McCord, a anchor and reporter for Coin News here in Portland and the host of Dusty and AJ, co-host of Dusty and AJ, a daily radio program on 1080 The Fan here in Portland. Uh, we talk about the Blazers coaching search and uh, roster construction and Dame and CJ and all those things. And so I want to play you uh, that that conversation that AJ was kind enough to join us. And that's what we got in store for you today. But first, we got to give out a little hardware. It's the Michelob Ultra Moment. This week's Ultra Moment is a moment that we did not see. Listen, the key to keeping Damian Lillard in Portland is to make sure that you are winning and that he's experiencing joy and happiness and he's finding that enjoyment in the game. And that means you might need to hire the coach that he wants to have lead this team. And according to Brian Winhurst of ESPN, Damian Lord sat in on the second interview with Chauncey Billups, the Blazers' uh, second round of interviews last week uh, with Chauncey Billups and Becky Hammond and Mike Tantoni. And during Chauncey Billups' second interview, which was virtual over video conferencing, Damian Lord joined the video conference to be part of that second interview. It's important to keep Dame happy because it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And Dame's Dame's preference on coach will be a will have a major impact on his future with the team and and the direction that this team takes. Remember, joy creates success. So having your point guard, having your franchise pillar, find his joy and find his happiness with the his preferred coaching candidate has to be paramount this summer. At only two point six carbs and ninety five calories. There's more to enjoy with Michelob Ultra. And remember, enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. Today's show is a very special one. We are joined by reporter and anchor for Coin News and the co-host of AJ and Dusty, Monday through Friday, 12 to 3, on 1080 The Fan, the hardest working person in Portland sports media, AJ McCord. AJ, how you doing? I am good. How are you? Oh, living the dream. It's not, um, it's going to be hot, but it's not hot yet. I'm hiding in the basements. I'm probably going to be here all day long. So I'm, I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to sweat and talk about basketball. Two of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> um, let's, I, I know you, uh, you, you've got, listen, as the hardest working person in, in, in sports media, you've got uh, things to do. You've got Olympics, Olympics to cover. Um, but before we before we move on to uh, before you move on to that, let's let's just talk about sort of the the topic du jour for the Blazers. What do you make of their coaching search so far? Like, what are your just sort of big picture thoughts, and then we can zero in. Well, I think there's there's sort of right where we thought they were going to be. Right, the Celtics have their guy now, Portland guy, and Ime Adoka. And so we knew that Boston was probably going to be the first domino to fall in the head coaching hunt this season. Um, So now I think is when Blazers fans should really sort of be keeping those alerts on for Woj and Shams and, and making sure that they um, are locked in because the Blazers have, in my opinion, one of the best jobs, if not the best job still available um, in the market. And so 
it, it right now is the time to be to be locked in because um, this is this is a big deal for the Blazers to state the obvious um, right. when you talk about what it means not just for this next season and how how that goes but it feels like it's a big deal for you know Damian Lillard's future CJ McCollum's future in Portland and so um, whatever whatever way Jody Allen decides to go with this could be incredibly telling of a a more long-term vision for this team. Yeah, I think you touched on two really important things. You got to get it right because Dame's future here and his happiness here has to be the priority this offseason. I think it's maybe a little bit overblown that Damon Lillard is going to like storm into Neil Olshay's office and say, get me the hell out of here. Like I, that's, it's just not, I, you've been around Dame for years uh, and, I, and and so have I, like, it's just not, it's not how he's going to do it. Um, it's it'll, not who he is. Yeah, it's not who he is, right? Um there's not going to be some big explosive trade demand, but there will be him starting to say, hey, this I've given a decade of my life here and I, I feel like I'm just you know stuck on the hamster wheel. So you've got to get it right for his sake. Um, it, it seems pretty clear who he wants to hire as the head coach. Do you think Damian Lillard has more say than Jody Allen? Like how, how in your read, um, sort of who do you think is going to be, you know, pressing the button in the end on this one? no one has more say than Jody Allen. Um, I think this is Jody's moment with the Blazers. She hasn't really had to have one yet. Right. Um, since she took over. And I think if you look at, you know, there's a lot of people who look at like Mark Cuban or Balmer or some of these owners that are courtside for every game and really demonstrative and really engaged and all that stuff. That's never been who the Allens are. Like Paul Allen wasn't that way either, but they show up for games. Like Jody Allen has been to plenty of games since her brother died and she is locked in on this team and what they need. But if you look at when she took over, right, Paul, Paul died in 2018, I believe. And so, Mm -hmm. That was the year they went to the Western Conference Finals. The season after he died was they went to the Western Conference Finals. So then after that, you practically clean house on the Western Conference Finals team. And then 2019-2020, well, yes, it was a first-round exit, but also, yes, COVID. And everything was chaotic, and the bubble is hardly a great indicator of a team's ability to succeed, right? I mean, the, the NBA champion got knocked out very early in this playoff. <laughs> yeah. And so then – this is really like the first season that she has had, I think, a good sort of litmus test because um, like since she took over, because this was a year. Yes, it was weird. Yes, there were no fans. The travel was different. But this is a year that was pretty indicative of who the Blazers are. Right. Like there's no more. um It's not an outlier, I guess you can say, when you've right. been knocked out in the first round for the last five years this is now no, this is not an outlier and there's no sort of kidding yourself into thinking that's the case, but Jody's only really been engaged for the three years. Right. And so two of her three years, they've been knocked out in the first round. So I think this is Jody Allen's chance to put her sort of stamp on this team and, and which direction she wants to go. And I would be really surprised if her prior, like, obviously Neil Olshay is in the room. Obviously he is a big part of these decisions and and making these coaching lists. But I do think that Jody knows the success of this team is, is very dependent on Damian Lillard's happiness here. And you don't get a once in a generation player into Portland very often. And so I think the two of the, the three of them 
are certainly going to have some collaborative stuff like work going on. Um, but if you think about who's sort of the names getting tossed around, right? Like the three that we've heard the most about, which does not mean that there's not some dark horses that no one's saying. I, but think, the three, that, I think those three are the three. I'd be surprised yeah. if it's any of those out of the three. I think you would be too. I, I would be surprised, but I'm just not ruling it out because sure, it sure, could sure. come out of left field. <laughs> sure. and, and things change quickly in the league. Like if, if someone, if other jobs open up or uh, if Becky Hammond or Chauncey Billups prefer another spot, like things exactly. change quickly for sure. Right. Or Mike D'Antoni for that matter. And so I think one of those three will get a really good indicator of, you know, if it's Chauncey, then Dame, I think probably played a pretty big role in that. Um, And probably his, his opinion really weighed in. If it's Mike D'Antoni, I think Neil Olshay had a bigger say and, and a bigger piece of Jody Allen's ear because that to me, you know, Neil in his post um, season press conference said, we want a coach who can make this roster better without much change, right? Yeah, that was an alarming moment, huh? (laughs) It was not probably what Blazers fans wanted to hear. But if you want to make this roster better without changing the roster very much, Mike D'Antoni's your dude, right? Like he's an offensive creative powerhouse. He probably would feel very sort of Stotts 2.0, but um if Mike D'Antoni gets hired, then that's what I would expect to see from them. I would expect to, I would expect CJ McCollum to stay on this team. I would expect him to go after Norman Powell even harder than they already are. And I would accept, expect their game plan to be uh, very similar. Well, the Nets actually are pretty good at defense, but to be similar in the sense that outshoot everyone you play. That's the goal. The goal is to outscore and play some defense. Nurk, Covington, you're on it. <laughs> and <laughs> Um, hope that that works, you know, and maybe Zach Collins comes back and, and can stay healthy for long enough to have an impact on the defensive end of the floor. But I think this, this, so all that to say, that's a very long answer for, I think who makes, who ends up as the coach will give us a greater indicator of who had the biggest piece of Jody's ear in these conversations. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent, a hundred percent agree. I kind of think this is a bad job for a first time head coach, um, be it Becky Hammond or uh, Chauncey Billups. Obviously uh, Becky Hammond has had, has a like a long track record of coaching in the league, like way more experienced than Chauncey in terms of uh, coaching basketball at a really high level. Uh, But I don't think like the switch from assistant to, to uh, head coach is a big jump just because mm-hmm. you have to, you're the face of the franchise. You got to massage more egos. Um, you can kind of play good cop, bad cop as an assistant. Um, you have to be the person who makes the tough calls when you're the head coach. And there's just, there's just sort of like a, a human management element to being the head coach. That's hard to gauge of like how an assistant would step into that role. Um, but I like, there's so much pressure to win in Portland. Like there's so much pressure to win. I don't, I don't think this is a good job for a first year head coach um regardless like of 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 how shiny the resume is uh it's it's it strikes me as a better job for mike d'antoni who a is in his 70s and doesn't want to coach for very long and b has had a track record of of being successful and also getting fired he knows how it is and he'll get another look like it was it's it strikes me like you said you think it's one of the best jobs available i i think it's for a specific candidate, maybe, but I worry that this is like, I worry this is not a good gig for a, for an inexperienced head coach. It certainly is a, a, um, it's risky, I guess, yeah. is what I would say for a first year head coach. But I think what, 
what stands out to me about the two candidates that we're sort of focusing on that would it would be their first head coaching gig in the NBA in Chauncey and Becky. Chauncey played, which we know is really important to Dame. We know Absolutely. that from how hard he backed Jason Kidd. And so that that can't be overlooked either, is that if you want someone who knows what it's like to be in your shoes and who knows what it's like, what it takes to win a ring, like that's as good of a first year head coach as you could ask for. And you think about um, we know how much Dame, Dame and CJ respect somebody like David Vanderpool. We sure. have not heard that name come up in Portland really at all, which surprised me a little bit at the beginning. But then again, sort of goes back to what you were talking about, which is this is a risky job to take for a first time head coach. And yeah. I don't know that the Blazers and probably Damon CJ are interested in letting their somebody that they admire and appreciate so much in David Vanderpool take that risk, right? Because mm-hmm. there is an element of like Chauncey brings this championship pedigree. So does Becky to an extent. And I think with Becky, you know, some, there have been some reports out there that say she's really interested in hiring the first female head coach in the NBA and being a true trailblazer in the every sense of the word. And I don't think that should get overlooked either, because I think whether it's Chauncey or Becky, the players are going to be there. Obviously you're always invested in winning, but there's something a little bit more to wanting to see one of those two people succeed. Yeah, right? not, not screw it up for someone getting their first chance. I mean, Dame has talked yeah. about like, I want to help. Like one of the things I like to do here is help, you know, coaches keep their jobs and my teammates go get paid. Like, exactly. you know, like he's a, my man is a job creator. Exactly. And then you have somebody like Chauncey who played, somebody like Becky who would be making history. There's an added level of this means a lot to everybody involved. And there's a level of, you can almost see there being a level of buy-in that is higher because of it being one of those two coaches. So I do think it's risky to have a first year head coach, but at the same time, Portland needs to take some risks. I mean, I Absolutely. don't, I don't think that Mike D'Antoni is the answer. I don't, if, if you want to go out and you want to win a championship and you want to get better on defense, I don't know that, 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 that is the answer. It's a safe bet right? Like it's a safe, you'll do really well in the regular season with Mike D'Antoni, right? What happens in the postseason, And that is where Portland, that is where you're losing Dame almost is it's not in your regular season record. It is in your postseason performance. And so that is, and not that you're losing Dame, but you know what I mean? His frustration, the the, the chances that it heads in that direction increase for sure. Right. And his frustration has never been their regular season record. It's getting bounced in the first round for the last five years. So yeah. to me, I feel like Mike D'Antoni is, is someone that Neil wants potentially because he, he, if you're not going to change this roster, he is your best bet. Yeah. He keep he raises the, he probably has the highest floor of any coach because of his experience and his, his track record and all those things. Like he's going to make this, he's, there's a guarantee that you're going to win, you know, whatever, something like 48% of your games or something, you know, you're going to be pretty darn good. Um, but it would be weird, as you mentioned, with the, the Neil Olshay postseason interview, if it was like, we want to get a coach that prioritizes defense and holds these people accountable when like D'Antoni is infamous for being kind of like, uh, I mean, he's like supercharged Terry Stotts, right? He's like a really creative offensive coach. Who's maybe like biggest fault is giving players a lot of leeway to do what they want to do. Um, he wouldn't seem to fit the bill except for that. He's like a hall of fame level coach for sure. 
Yeah, and that he could get, uh, like, hmm. I understand that roster construction uh, is not what Neil Olshay thought was the problem this <laughs> season. That said, we talked about this on the radio the other day, roster construction does not just mean the actual physical skills of the five players on the court at any given time. Roster construction is a mental makeup as well. Like you have to have guys who want to go out and get better on defense. You have to have that dog who says I'm taking this personally. And that was one of the things that Gary Trent Jr. was really doing. And he worked on when I talked to him in quarantine, that was one of the things that he was really focusing on when it was his defense. And I understand it didn't develop and show probably the way he would have liked it to, but he under he took that on. He he invested in his defense in the offseason last year. And so the Blazers don't have somebody who's like dying to get better on defense, right? Like they've got Robert Covington and he takes it personally. And the number of things he does that don't show up on the stat sheet, we say it all the time, but it really is impressive. And so when you talk about roster construction, you have to go beyond just like, oh, we have X number of guards who are small I hesitate to use that word but well hey um, listen they're not small uh, another another classic is they're, they're yes. not actually small when you combine um, and that there was no co- there's no coaching list AJ as an addition I'm sure you're familiar with that there was no coaching list despite those names still being on the list very curious hard <laughs> to say exactly uh, but well, we don't need to we don't need to parse that any more than we've already done <laughs> that's uh, I'll leave that to another I'll, I'll I'll get that on my own I won't drag you through the mud with me <laughs> so I think that when you talk about, I, I think that's the important thing though, is like, if you're not going to change this roster, then Mike D'Antoni is the best option. Cause he'll probably get more out of these guys offensively and not even necessarily because he's um, that much better than Terry Stotts, but he's, he's new, you know, right. and Terry was, helps for sure. Yeah. And, and Terry was, was a great coach here in Portland, but after nine years, there is an element of just, needing a fresh face when you've, you know, kind of run up against the same brick wall too many times. And so I think that it's just going to be really interesting to see which direction um, the franchise as an organization takes. Yeah. The biggest, biggest summer of Damian Lord's career right here. Um, This is like kind of calling like each playoff game, the biggest game of the season. Like it's kind of, it's kind of just how it works as you move, as you move forward in time, the things get more important or whatever clock keeps ticking. I want to shift gears a little bit uh, We uh, to talk about sort of, you were talking, mentioned roster construction. That's what we'll do in the third segment. I want, we, we got to talk about roster construction. We got to talk about CJ McCollum specifically. But before we get there, I want to tell my listeners about rockauto.com. It's a family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. They are the champion of do-it-yourselfers. And you can save time and money when you're using rockauto.com. Why well, choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? You don't have to do that. You can visit rockauto.com where their prices are reliably low for every customer. That's the do-it-yourselfers. That's the professional mechanics. That's everybody. And listen, they've got everything you need, truly everything you could possibly want, from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil, even new carpet, you name it, they got it. So go explore their easy-to-use, easy-to-navigate website to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sports betting needs, be that Major League Baseball, the MLS, NWLS, NHL, NBA, UFC, MMA, horse racing, you name it, they got it. So don't sit on the sidelines, get in on the action, head on over, head on over to their website, betonline.ag. Sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON when you're making your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. And when you're making that first deposit, use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. Still chatting here with AJ McCord, a reporter for Coin News and the co-host of AJ and Dusty, 12 to 3, Monday through Friday on 1080 The Fan here in Portland. We talked about the coaching search, um, all the implications and what they, might, what they might mean, focusing in on the three big candidates. But there's another big story that I want to touch on here, sort of another big wrinkle to the Blazers offseason, and that's CJ McCollum. What do you think the chances are that CJ McCollum is on the roster next year? I think it all depends on who they hire as head coach. I think that um, it depends on who they hire as head coach and how seriously they actually mean that they want to get better on defense. CJ McCollum is a great player. CJ McCollum, there's so much recency bias when you're talking with fans. I mean, like Philadelphia was ready to ship Ben Simmons off for a box of Cheez-Its after (laughs) game seven. But that guy is a great player. And I know CJ was not... Um, he he'll be the first to tell you he was not his best in this postseason at all. And that said, it's worth remembering that the guy was on all-star level pace before he got hurt. And then he got hurt, and then he has to come back, and then he's a little tentative with his foot. Like CJ McCollum is a great, great player in the NBA. That said, is it the best? Like, if you want to get better on defense you need someone else out there who's going to take that personally. And I don't think, you know, people have come out and said, Dame doesn't defend the dude's dropping 55 and a double overtime loss. He should not need to be the one that you're pointing to, to defend. Right. It's hard to do both. Like it's, it, it, there is, there is just a sort of a level of responsibility that if you give him on the offensive end and you make him handle the ball, that you have to realize that he cannot bring it on the other end. Like you, you only got so much gas in the tank. Exactly. And he leaves everything he has out there every single night. And so I think it, it all, it really does depend on the next head coach, because I think if it's Mike D'Antoni, I think there's a shot that we see this exact same roster, a healthy Zach Collins, and then see what happens, you know, and, and run it back again. But if we see a Chauncey Billups or a Becky Hammond and they come in and they say, hey, I, I need to make my mark on this. And here's what I believe is necessary to get this team to the next level. Then you're in a spot where, you know, Jody Allen, Neil O'Shea are having to listen to their head coach to some extent because you just hired them. Right. <laughs> and if you don't do what they say they need, then you're not setting them up to succeed. And so I think that it's going to be really interesting because we also know, again, like, beings and we talk about this on the radio all the time it's really easy for fans to just be like oh ship ship cj off or ship ben simmons off or whatever but dame and cj are 
our brothers. Like there is no, it, it is, it is hard for people to truly understand how close knit they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dame has shared a few personal anecdotes about what makes them that close, but this would be, Dame has been as big of an advocate for keeping CJ McCollum in Portland as anybody else. And maybe more so because he believes that the two of them can do it. They can be the backcourt that leads this team to a title. Do you think and that's so, changed? So the tone that I heard in the post game or postseason press conference, I guess, right after they lost game six was a little bit of um, almost resignation of like maybe some, like something I have believed wholeheartedly may not be true. Right. And I'm not saying that that is for sure. What That was just what I took away from that press conference because I've never heard Damian Lillard so frustrated, so dejected um, and almost like at a loss as I did after game six. And I think there are two things that Dame has been just so staunch in since he and CJ became a backcourt duo. And that is, I mean, Dame has always wanted to bring a title to Portland, period. That is the thing that he wants to do more than anything. He says it ad nauseum, which is why anytime someone talks about Dame leaving Portland, it's like, you got to take the guy at his word right now. Dame always shoots us straight every single time. And he has not wavered in that ever. Even in that postseason series against the Nuggets, he talked about it. So Dame wants to bring a title to Portland and Dame has believed with every fiber of his being that he and CJ can be the ones to do it together. And what I felt like was slightly shifting in that postseason press conference was maybe these two things cannot exist together. Yeah. Right? That was like, my read. That was my read too. Is that for the first time he was like, damn, maybe not. Yeah. Like maybe I cannot have both of these things. Maybe I, if I want to bring a title to Portland, maybe it cannot be CJ and I, but that is like having that emotional reaction after another loss where he, I mean, this was what 48 hours, 72 hours removed from him dropping 55, sending them double overtime and being completely on an Island and doing it by himself. Right. Like there were a lot of emotions in that post-game press conference. So now we're what a month, three weeks removed from that. And there does start to that that's when we'll really see how much that was an emotional reaction to that postseason series or whether that has really marinated and sat with Dame for the last three or four weeks and the conversations he's had with the people in his circle. And I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not talking about Neil Olshay necessarily. I'm talking about potentially CJ, potentially Phil Beckner, his trainer, potentially his conditioning coach. I mean, there are people in Dame's circle who know the game of basketball, who, can give him really sound feedback and will shoot him straight. I mean, Beckner is a guy who like pushes Dame at every single point. Like he finds the buttons and just goes and isn't afraid to and gets the best out of Damian Lillard from a basketball perspective that Dame could ever ask. And so I think this is, it's, it's going to be, I can't imagine what Dame's going through right now. Cause I feel like there's probably some reckoning of like, are these two truths still possible to be held together? And if they're not, 
where does that leave me? Yeah, I mean, such a core part of his personality and for lack of a better word, brand is loyalty. Uh, that's yes. loyalty to the city, to the franchise, to his teammates, all those things. And now I think we've reached a juncture where that all we're sort of like capital L loyalty. What does that mean? Um, mm -hmm. Like, are you loyal to CJ and is it to a fault? Are you loyal to this team to a fault? Are you, you know, all these things? Like, I think, I think he's, he's sort of having question like what, Maybe like what? What does he prioritize here? Um, I, I think it would be weird if the Blazers didn't try to trade CJ McCollum. Like I think that would be it. Would be, you just you you do the job? You call around and see what you could get for him. But like you said, like he's really good, and they need to get back someone who's really good. Um, right. So it it complicates it. Like you can't you don't you're not trading for young parts and draft picks. You're trading for yeah. someone who is also like someone who could get you closer to a championship in October. You know, like right. <laughs> so it's there's there's a lot going on. Um, but I do, I do think like in, in both things we talked about here, like in the coaching search and the sort of roster construction part, it's like, we will see kind of whose fingerprints are on it and what, you know, kind of what, how it works this off season, how much, how much is it Dame? How much is it Jody? How much is it Neil um, or, or the three of them together kind of figuring it out? Cause it does seem like um, Dame's always been super involved in this, in, um, whatever in, in personnel stuff. I think it's kind of overblown that he's like more involved now. He's always been involved. I think sitting in on the coach conferences may be a step further than we've been, but he's always been a guy who gets, who gets to weigh in. So I, I think it'll be curious how all of this uh, shakes out and how much of this is sort of Dame reconsidering all of the things you mentioned about like who he values and what he values. Exactly. Yep. It's going to be, it's going to be a crazy off season and it feels like every day. I mean, Rick Carlisle just got hired this morning. By the Literally. Yes. Yeah. So you know? before we get started this call, Rick Carlisle got a $30 million contract to become the head exactly. coach of the Indiana Pacers. Uh, another domino in the, in the uh, coaching search uh, out of the way. So we'll see AJ. Thank you so much for, uh, for lending your time and your expertise. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, dear listeners, if you're looking for more of AJ, literally just turn your television and your radio on because um, she'll be there. It's like I said, the hardest working person in uh, Portland media. Uh, find her on Coin News. Find her on Monday through Friday, 12 to 3 on AJ and Dusty on 1080 The Fan on your AM radio dial. Anything else you want to plug, AJ, before we get out of here? Well, I'm getting ready to head to the gymnastics Olympic trials, which as a former gymnast is a total dream of mine. Um, so I'm heading that way later this afternoon. And Jordan Childs is somebody that um, everybody in the Northwest should be really invested in. She's from Vancouver. She has a just unbelievable story of resilience. And she is a heavy favorite to join Simone Biles in Tokyo in July. So um, I'm working on some really cool pieces with her and her family. So stay tuned to my social channels because I'll be dropping some of that. And then I just posted actually, because I'm, you know, like three days late, I just posted all of the content that I um, put out from the first weekend of the track and field Olympic trials. So um, a lot of Olympic stuff coming your way, all of them with local ties and, and really cool stories. So if you're interested in any Olympic stuff, head over to my Instagram is where they're posted under my IGTV series and um, check them out. Yeah. At AJ underscore McCord ac across platforms. Um, like I said, hardest working person in, in Portland media. AJ, thanks a lot. We'll do it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Dear listeners, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers to be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.